You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker, your daily Broncos podcast. The Broncos beat the Cardinals 20-7 in the preseason finale at Broncos Stadium. Mile high, the offense showed significant improvement in comparison to the rest of the preseason. The defense was stingy and quite attacking, and several players left their fingerprints all over the outcome as we name our players of the game on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. We talk about all this on today's postgame report of Locked On Broncos. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And I'm joined by my co-host Cameron Parker at Cameron Parker PO on Twitter to break down this game. Cam, preseason is finally over. The Broncos turned in a, a pretty impressive performance in the preseason finale. I'm excited about the outcome because look, it ended on the Broncos win. And we had some questions that we had answered in this game. When and obviously for the Broncos standpoint too, they they played much better offense and and you know one of the things that we had talked about in our post game report or, or in the sorry in the pregame report I should say this is the post game report one of the things we talked about in their pregame is how they should make a concerted effort of running the ball and they really did that and it really showed and it exerted a lot of talent from a, from a few players especially from the running back position. One that we'll obviously be talking about later in in the show, but just in general, it, it it was a it was a very exciting it was a very exciting game for the Broncos and especially the offense. In a quick game recap, we're going to go through every little score that turned into the outcome of the twenty seven victory for the Broncos in the first quarter. Broncos kicker Brandon McManus booted a fifty yard field goal to put the Broncos up three zero through the first quarter after one the Broncos led and then the Broncos would come back in the second quarter Kevin Hogan would connect with Fred Brown one of his favorite targets on the night on a six-yard back shoulder fade to put the Broncos up 10-0 at the beginning of quarter number two come through the third quarter the Cardinals would put themselves on the board as Drew Anderson connected with A.J. Richardson on a back shoulder throw for 29 yards on Trey Johnson to cut the lead 10-7 at the beginning of the third quarter and then Devontae Jackson, Broncos running back, would punch it in from two yards out after Kalfani Muhammad set it up with a huge 52-yard run to put the Broncos up 17-7. to And the lone score of the fourth quarter for the rest of this game, Brandon McManus once again booted a 33-yard field goal to put the Broncos up 20-7. to The Broncos would hold off the Cardinals offense once more as Elijah Holder ended the game with an interception returning after 20 Seven yards, but Cam, let's get into the offensive side of the ball. With the offense, they found more success. We talked about in our pregame report they needed to establish the run. The first offensive series, they kind of struggled a little bit doing that, getting runs to the outside, but the running game came to them a little bit later on. So that was obviously with patience and things opening up. And, and you know what? 124 yards on the ground, led by Kalfani Muhammad, 11 carries, 70 yards. That was a, a really fun performance to watch how springy he was. We've talked about it all preseason. Last week he had 10 carries, 30 yards this week, 11 for 70. Can he be this team's third down running back with Theo Riddick out and, and possibly Devontae Booker being the odd man out? Boy, I tell you, he is an exciting player. Uh, he is a very exciting player. One thing that you really cannot teach is speed. And his speed is an absolute weapon. And I don't think that the Broncos really have 
that particular guy on their roster that is as quick, elusive, maybe as speedy. I know that Philip Lindsay, you know, it gets the headlines and rightly so. But I mean, Muhammad, I mean, the guy is an absolute terror with the ball in his hands. And so if the Broncos can find a spot on the roster for him, maybe initially make him a kickoff returner or something, you know, I think they should consider it. When I do think the possibility, I think Devontae Booker, there is a pretty significant chance he could be the odd man out in Denver. Not too much in the preseason, not too much in training camp. He's entering the final year of his deal. The Broncos could just cut ties with him as roster cuts are due by 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time on Saturday. It's looking more than likely that Kalfani Muhammad could have stolen a spot. And with Theo Riddick's injury and him being out, it makes the most sense for the Broncos to utilize Kalfani Muhammad as a possible third-down running back. Could you imagine a two-running back set where we see Philip Lindsay, Kalfani Muhammad in at the same time, and, and both of them are split out? in an empty formation or you have one tailback inside and then you have Kalfani Muhammad matched up on the outside one-on-one against a linebacker. I mean, to be honest with you, I think those types of scenarios, if I'm Rich Scandrillo, I say I have to take advantage of that. And you know what? That's definitely something I'm going to salivate at. And the hope is, is that Kalfani Muhammad probably made a strong chance to make this 53-man roster by the performance he's had in the preseason. But let's get to another position, Cam. Let's get to the backup quarterback because that was one of the other keys to the game. Which quarterback might separate himself a little bit further? And is there comfort there from our standpoint with these two guys? Brett Rippon, obviously going 12-23 for 138 yards, two interceptions. One of them was a play where the linebacker diagnosed his eyes, tipped the ball, was intercepted, and then the last interception came on a on a last-second Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So nothing like too big to look into those inter- interceptions. The first one, like I said, was a pass intended for Brennan Langley. Uh, you know, like I said, the, the linebacker diagnosed the play really quickly got a hand up on the ball because he read his eyes and it led to an interception can't have those types of things so we saw some good with Brett Rippon uh and also Kevin Hogan but I would say the majority is I don't believe we saw necessarily a a guy really separate himself I I think if we're going to compare both quarterbacks in this case I think that Kevin Hogan looked a little bit better than Brett Rippon Brett Rippon finished the game 8 of 11 86 yards one interception but Cam, really, in in your opinion, was their showing at the quarterback position tonight in this game, was that revealing of a true backup you want for the NFL regular season? For me, I'm not so convinced. So here's the the thing with me is, honestly, I I just think that if if we're going to start small and we're going to look at based off of all the preseason games that Kevin Hogan had and maybe the few reps that, that, that Brett Rippon had in the preseason, Hogan and Rippon did look much better in this, in this particular game. They did. But as we were talking about in pregame, you really need one of those guys that can really put a stranglehold on it and, and really run away with it. And right now, despite them kind of playing right kind of neck and neck with each other and really really not moving an inch and, and everything. I, I think that ultimately is going to be the deciding factor because as we were saying, they could still give the nod to Kevin Hogan in that regard because of the veteran presence. And he did make a few NFL throws. I mean, there were some few out routes that he had uh, did in the first half. Now, granted there were obviously the interceptions as well, but I, I think in that regard, they'll probably still give the nod to Kevin Hogan, but we all know we're probably not going to be all that surprised if the Broncos still go outside and bring someone else in. 
I mean, it's certainly possible they look at the idea of a trade. When you make those three roster moves earlier in the week where you cut guys, create about $4 million in cap space, it signifies you may be ready to make some wheeling and dealing. You might be you know, willing to make some moves. And we talk about some trades happening around the NFL. I mean, could the Broncos look at maybe trading Devontae Booker? Could they look at acquiring another quarterback? Or are they going to look at the waiver wire? I think those are possibilities. If they don't find anybody, I, I believe that if they do go with a guy, it's going to be Kevin Hogan because, he, like I said, he's a guy that has taken more chances, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more tuning. Even though Brett Rippon had some good throws, especially on that deep corner route on a third and 17, it was an amazing throw uh, to Trinity Benson that he had made. But, you know, like I said, these guys have their moments of good. They have their moments of bad. But for a guy like Kevin Hogan, he connected with one of his favorite targets this preseason in Fred Brown, who led all wide receivers with five catches, 66 yards, and one touchdown. Now, this is another tough position, Cam, because we talk about the element of punt returner. Who makes the roster in this wide receiver group? I mean, is it going to be uh, a guy like Juwan Winfrey or River Crickraft? I think Fred Brown could be a practice squad guy, but really I think it's between wide receiver number five or six right now between Juwan Winfrey and River Craycraft, who definitely had a good night himself in the receiving game. I think I think overall the wide receiving group of one through five is set in stone, which is you know Emmanuel Sanders, Gordon Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, and I think that Juwan Winfrey – is a lock for number five. But the question mark is still, do they carry that sixth wide receiver? And therein lies, you know, the, these guys like a River Craycraft, who did show uh, that he can be a capable wide receiver. There were some times where he would, you know, catch a pass and try and go for extra yardage, but go backwards and try and, you know, convert a potential third down. But you could clearly tell that he was a wide receiver out there. And with Fred Brown, he made the tough catches. He made a a touchdown that was a back shoulder throw from from Hogan in the end zone. And as well, you know, a, a guy that is sort of flying under the radar that we talked a little bit about with, with Trinity Benson is Kevin McKnight. I mean, he, you know, usually when you make the team, it's usually starts with special teams and he had an explosive return in the second half. Could that be the deciding factor as well? It's going to be tough for the coaches to decide. Like I said, you know, John Elway, he joined the booth and said, you know, there's a lot of tough decisions. This coaching staff is going to have to make alongside him and Matt Russell, the director of player personnel. Things are going to get real interesting for the Broncos. And you know what else gets a little bit interesting? Where you put your money at when it comes to betting on the game of football. And I go with my bookie every step of the way because, you know, despite the NFL season changing, despite all these players going to new teams, the only thing that hasn't changed is where I put my money down on all of the games because my book is the place to bet on football every single week and they have better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book out there period this year they're the hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest which for you if you're the first place winner you're guaranteed to win at least one hundred thousand dollars and it only costs you about a hundred dollars to enter all you need to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every single week to climb the leaderboard and you can score your share of the huge cash prize and i would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me and that's why i use my bookie every single nfl season because they are always the right play you bet you win, and they pay you. I mean, as simple as that. My book is live in-game betting on every single NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy football guys out there that love fantasy football all the time, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player may score 
in each game. So right now, you can get up to $1,000 in a first deposit bonus. You can double your first deposit today by using promo code Locked on to activate this very special offer. So visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On when you create your account to claim this bonus today. You bet, you win, and you get paid with my bookie. Now, Cam, we talked about the offense and the Broncos' 27 performance against the Cardinals in the preseason finale, but I tell you what, what stole the show for me, I'm a defense guy. You know I love defense, but I felt like the Broncos' defense was really fun to watch uh, in tonight's action because they were very aggressive. We talked about their struggles, the second team, third team struggles, and some of those other games. The earlier preseason games, those units struggled a little bit, but the Broncos' defense the last two weeks have been a little bit more stingy. The Broncos' defense held the Cardinals to 200. 29 total yards that is considered a win and when you hold them to two of 11 on third down and over two on fourth down that's an even better formula gives you a chance to win and hence a big reason why the broncos came out on top because they were also able to generate and force more turnovers they forced three two fumble recoveries we'll talk about those a little bit in depth and obviously an interception by elijah holder uh so one of the things too cam what were your main thoughts on the broncos defense because look they had a lot of guys stepping up and, and playing impressive. And I think for two weeks in a row, uh, the D-line, those players there that we talked about, and, and even the dream killer, those guys stood out overall to me in this game. I One of the my biggest takeaways overall throughout this entire preseason has been the defensive line. Uh, they are creating so much pressure from the interior, from the interior, and even the exterior with, with with guys like Justin Hollins and you know Malik Reed. You know one of the things that has been impressive, and we'll, we'll obviously probably talk a little bit more about these two particular guys. But one of the things that had been so impressive to me with these guys is how quickly they're getting it, yeah. and how and and how quickly they're making the the, the decision and just clearly how they are much better athletes than a lot of guys on the field. And they're really making a lot of plays happen. I mean, we, we certainly saw one play with Justin Hollins where I believe the quarterback was going to go scramble and, and Hollins went hunting. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah Brett Hundley. Yeah. Brett Hundley's not a slouch. He's a guy that could move, and it looked like he – I mean, he had a phenomenal angle, uh, Hundley, to try to pick up that first. But the way that Justin Hollins came around, when he initially reached out to grab him, you thought he was going to grab him by uh, his horse collar, but he was able to adjust. But that's just how freakishly fast he is. And to be honest with you, Cam, he – stood out tremendously in this game. I mean, the, the plays that he made and and the, all the snaps. I mean, I don't think he ever came off the field really to play, uh, you know, off uh, on the sideline. I don't think he ever really came out for a break. And the, he would be there at outside linebacker. The Broncos go nickel package, and then he's in there at inside linebacker. They wanted to work him on some of his pass rushing stuff, but also in his coverage stuff. And he's gotten a lot of work this preseason. But one of the things I want to talk to you, because we're going to talk about those guys here in just a moment. Uh, you know, we mentioned Elijah Holder. The one guy that had a, a true takeaway in terms of the interception. We haven't seen a lot of interceptions by the Broncos defense in the preseason. Obviously, that uh, you know, you look at the cornerback that the Broncos have on the starting roster. We talk about Lyndon Stevens being a very guy, which in my opinion, he had a very solid game. 
didn't allow any big plays. He had a great tackle coming up on a smoke screen play, slip screen, and a tackle for a loss. And he had also had a pass breakup, but he rallied to everything that was thrown short. And you know what? That's all you got to ask him. So uh, I, I still have a strong belief he's the fifth cornerback. But for a guy like Elijah Holder, do you think he may uh, make for a good practice squad candidate for this Broncos team? I mean, he's a guy that, you know, undrafted guy out of Stanford. You know, John Elway, the Broncos love those Stanford guys. I think that it's kind of the piece that makes sense for him being a practice squad guy in Denver. I think just in general, anytime you can have just a, a secondary that is deep and and have true depth, it, that is one of those things you have to consider. And I, I do believe the Broncos will be looking for that depth and looking for you know a particular secondary and for particular secondary players. And I do think that Elijah Holder – really did that. And you and I talked also in the pregame show how turning the ball over is one of the paramounts of this particular game, but also going forward in the regular season. Anytime you can do that and really create turnovers, you know, I I, I think that that's obviously going to create a lot of questions for, for players to potentially not just be on the 53, but also the practice squad. You know, one of the guys that had a missed tackle, but really made up for it was Sua Cravens. A guy that, you know, we don't know if he's on the roster bubble or not, but he went out and forced a fumble and also recovered it in a very heady and veteran <laughs> play. I mean, it, so those are the types that of things. That was aggressive. It was an that, aggressive play. You know, I Josh Watson it. is another guy too. Um, yeah, but yeah, those are the types of things, man, that, that can really separate yourself. Well, we talked about Sua Cravens being one of those guys that, you know, I felt early on, based on his play in the preseason, he was going to be a guy that I felt like would be the fourth safety. You know, Mike Kliss made his projections on the Broncos there, Brian Greasy, Steve Levy, and them, uh, and, and really kind of just left Sua Cravens out. Had Trey Marshall in as the fourth safety. Obviously, DeMonte Thomas dealing with a knee injury on crutches. He's going to be out for a while, according to head coach Vic Fangio. But with Sua Cravens, like you said, you know, he absolutely got torn apart by Brian Greasy on the broadcast because he missed that tackle and – you know, it was the same exact play where Josh Watson got beat on the catch and run, slips, falls down, gets up and runs and punches the ball out and forces that fumble that Trey Marshall recovers. Sua Cravens made up for that play a little bit later by literally going up to the receiver towards the end of the second quarter and stripping the ball out of his hands and recovering it. That, to me, is the type of play you have to make. And for Josh Watson, you know, a guy that may not make the active roster given how aggressive and how good I think Alexander Johnson had played, I think that Josh Watson can be a practice squad guy as well, and he can be a nice piece that develops because, look, the Broncos have a lot of inside backers right now. You can't keep all of them, and certainly enough, you know, Josh Watson, uh, for as many good plays as he's made, he's still a rookie, and there's some other guys making more plays ahead of him. But let me, let's talk about the D-line a little bit, you know, because that's one of our favorite topics of the last two weeks because they've been really performing. We saw Malik Reed generate so much pressure on Cardinals quarterbacks. How do you think his capacity can increase in the regular season behind Von Miller and Bradley Chip? Because I think he's a nice change of pace a little bit, especially if one of those guys needs a breather. Yeah, we all we we really do need, especially on that defensive line, we could use all sorts of bodies and capable bodies that can certainly spell that. And especially just in general with the defensive line, they're going to need a lot of that pass rush especially from the interior and I think that that's why you know you see certain guys in a lot of depth in general guys like maybe even Deshaun Williams that's sort of flying under the radar uh Mike Purcell and you know we who was sort of in the headlines with yeah with some of the moves as well so I mean they really need that type of 
depth in order to certainly counteract. And as you said, with Bond and, and especially, you know, Bradley Chubb, they need that type of interior pressure to certainly counter, uh, to go along with that. Because if that happens, if that happens, we all see it in the national football league. If you can generate pass rush from your interior and from both of your linebackers that are your, your pass rushers or just anything for that matter, your secondary is going to be a lot better. Your linebackers are going to be a lot better. You're going to have a really good defense. Which certainly, I mean, I, I imagine just how aggressive we saw the Broncos defense in tonight's win, 27 over the Arizona Cardinals, how aggressive they were with the second string, third string guys. I just imagine Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, Adam Goss, just these guys being in there and getting after the quarterback. I mean, even blitzing the inside linebackers. Alexander Johnson had a really good blitz. He got called for a face mask, but just the, the way he anchored himself and, and caused the quarterback to completely boot out of the pocket and try to run for his life a little bit. I like to see those types of plays, and the Broncos, they have a lot of defensive players that can really do that. And, and ultimately, you know, 11 days away from the Monday night football home opener against the Oakland. And Raiders, you can catch all the action here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, pregame and postgame. Uh, definitely a lot to look forward to, but also you have something to look forward to every single week here on the Lockdown NFL Network as the NFL season begins next week. That means crossover Wednesday will be back, and we're on there with Lockdown Raiders with your boy Q for the entire regular NFL season. You get a special episode every Wednesday as hosts from opposing sides get to meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. So you get to find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment, the Crossover Wednesday series. Getting into our players of the game. This is always a fun subject. And, you know, based on the responses that Cameron and I got. So what we do is before we do the podcast, we brainstorm. We talk about, you know, you select a guy who is an offensive player of the game, in your opinion, and a defensive player guy. And I'm going to give a guy. And we're not going to have the same players because ultimately that would just be kind of repetitive and it wouldn't make much sense. So we kind of had a little bit of diversity here in today's players of the game. The Broncos 20 to 7 victory let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball right now cam and uh, obviously let's go with your choice i i think it's probably the most evident pick if you had to look at anything you know if, if you're one of those uh sports center or fox sports guys and just look at the box score based on that you're going to go with kalfani muhammad but if you watch the game you're going to go with kalfani muhammad as well because he was flashy he had that big 50 yard run and i tell you what his change of pace is really amazing 11 carries 70 yards one catch for six yards out of the back. But being able to use dynamic uh, in the run game and in the receiving game as a running back, I think, is very effective. So, Cam, what were some of the key reasons, besides obviously his production, that you chose him to be your offensive player of the game? Well, by the time you certainly selected him, he'll be gone. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I should have I just went with it first. <laughs> right. And, I mean, he's just a – you know, I, I think it's kind of like what we were talking a little bit about earlier with, with Muhammad – his speed is such a dynamic factor that I think that this offense really has been missing. And we know how dynamic Lindsay is out of the backfield, especially in as far as a, the, probably his best trait coming out of college. And I, I really do feel like if they have the best chance to really make this uh, as far as a successful season on offense and, and not just in general, but really give – all the weapons and give all the weapons to Joe Flacco, you absolutely with 100% of a, of no doubt have to include Muhammad because he is such a, a, a weapon. And when you can have that say on a guy like on kickoffs or 
you know, in spurts here and there on third downs and, and, or even a, a package that maybe in the meantime, while Riddick is gone, you know, a guy that can maybe split with Philip Lindsay or a guy with Royce Freeman as well. It just, it provides such a dynamic opportunity for this offense to not just only be good, but be great with just an addition like that. Weapons certainly do help, and I know Joe Flacco wouldn't be opposed to having a very speedy guy, a guy who runs four 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 three speed. He'd love to get him back out in the back, but obviously alongside Philip Lindsay, like I said, I want to see that two running back package with those two on third down where they go empty. I mean, just think of all the mismatch uh, nightmares that you have from the offensive standpoint against a defense. But I'm going to go with a guy that had a pretty good game on the offensive side of the ball, five, targeted five times in this game. He had five receptions, 66 yards, one touchdown downtown. Fred Brown and uh you know it got started early off with between him and Kevin Hogan uh two back-to-back throws obviously one a short and then one obviously a seven or eight yard gain and we go back and we talk about the six yard goal line fade back shoulder throw for the touchdown Fred Brown really turned in a decent game and you know overall despite the offensive production for him you know, there were some elements on special teams where he didn't do a very good job on the coverage side of things on when the Broncos were covering the punt, uh, the punters for the opposing team, or even on the coverage part of that on kickoff. There were some areas where Fred Brown was just kind of out of place. But overall, if I had to give a guy that produced and showed up on this game, it was definitely Fred Brown. So for him coming into this game, you know, not a lot of receptions, not necessarily a lot of targets in the preseason action. You know, he put on for something. And so there's might be some team out there that will pick him up. Could the Broncos put him on the practice squad? It's certainly possible. But if there's some teams out there in need of an underrated wide receiver that could emerge, I think Fred Brown could be a, a valuable pickup for them. But, Cam, let's get to the defensive side of the ball now. And uh, I think, once again, I shouldn't have gave you the first pick because you chose probably <laughs> the most evident guy. Uh, you chose Malik Reed. And obviously, in this game, he had two tackles. He had two sacks, but consistent pressure on the quarterback and, and absolutely just dominating whatever tackle he was going against outside of those reasons that we know evidently. Why is Malik Reed a big standout player in this game for you? Boy, it got a little bit out of hand for me personally on on, on social media because, I mean, I, I started cooking up some uh, hot take in particular and saying that maybe it's just me, but there's a chance that maybe Malik Reed might be a little bit better than Shaquille Barrett. And I think that it's just a little bit more as far as just how explosive he is. I mean, Barrett was just more power and how relentless he is. Reed adds a lot of that power and speed and just – now he's provided, especially with what we saw in the Seahawks game, an added value to in the run game, which was also a bonus with Barrett. But, you know, he's just such a relentless pass rusher. And when you have that, they are going to get to the quarterback at all costs. And especially for a Broncos pass rush that could use maybe a Robin to the Batman and Superman that is Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb. I mean, they really could use, say, that type of sidekick. And, and maybe Malik Reed and Justin Hollins could be those guys. But Malik Reed certainly, without question, stood out to me, again, with how fast he is. And it's kind of like what we said earlier. It's amazing to me that both those players have picked it up so quickly. Well, I think it makes the decision to cut veteran outside linebacker Dakota Watson a lot easier. And in this game, you saw exactly why from both Malik Reed and my defensive player of the game and Justin Hollins, who had a sack and obviously a tackle for locks. But his pursuit angles, we mentioned it on Brett Hundley, his ability, just how fast he is, quick to recover. 
that to me stood out on film and I, and I can't wait to go back and watch it once again, but the Broncos are super excited about these two guys and the way that they got to the quarterback. I mean, opposite of one another, Malik Reed on one side and Justin Hollins on the other, on the right side, both when they're in the regular package and those guys just collapsed in the pocket from the exterior. Those tackles had a really hard time being able to keep up with it because we saw Malik Reed overpower the, the right tackle. We saw Justin Hollins outspeed and sometimes overpower the left tackle. And then when you mix certain things up and you have different guys, you go to that nickel package, you have three linemen and Hollins drops to inside backer. I mean, they even brought him up to blitz from the inside backer position as well on the same side as Malik Reed. Those are the kind of dynamic formulas. I'm really excited to see what Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel decide to do as the Broncos regular season approaches. These guys find plugins and Malik Reed, evidently a lock for this Broncos roster. So good news for the Broncos on that front, as he's going to be the backup between Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, alongside Justin Hollins, two very, very exciting players to watch that there's a lot of hype surrounding as the Broncos gear for the Monday night football opener here the following Monday, not this upcoming Monday, but the next Monday on September 9th, doubleheader ESPN. You can have a pregame report here. Also, a crossover this upcoming week with Locked On Raiders and the postgame report following the Broncos Raiders week one season opener. We're just 11 days away from Broncos football being official. Everything counts, and you can rely on all coverage here. Locked on Broncos. With that said, we're going to close out our post-game report brought to you by our good friends over there at Body Armor Sports Drink, the watermelon, strawberry, my go-to every single day, potassium-based electrolytes, coconut water, and vitamins, natural flavors, and sweeteners. It is the one sports drink out there on the market that doesn't slow you down, and especially in this Colorado heat, I need to stay hydrated, and it's where I take it with me every single place that I go, especially football games, especially football practice, and you can check out them at your local King Supers, or you can look out for a little bit more information at drinkbodyarmor.com and on social media at drinkbodyarmor. With that said, I'm Cody Work. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast.